You're listening to the official podcast of Church Untitled, located in downtown Vancouver. We are a community set apart to bear His name, in our city, for His glory. We hope that you're blessed and enriched by this message. We apologize for the audio quality due to technical difficulties during the service. Thank you for listening. God is unwavering. God is faithful and God is true. Right? His name means faithful and his name means true. This is what the scripture says. The Bible also says when we are faithless, God remains faithful, which means that God is constant. He's unchanging, he's unwavering. So if it comes to the promises of God in our lives, we have something that is constant. He never changes, he never wavers. But in every equation, or I should say in some equations, you find a constant, something that that does not change, but you also find a variable. If you study physics or chemistry or biology and you've seen equations, there's constants and there's variables. So if the constant is God, the variable must be us. Yeah. Yeah. That we have this human nature that likes to waver and change and shift and, and go over there. And if you're like me, get distracted by anything that takes us away from what God's preferred future is for our lives. Yeah. So our concern is our potential. Mm-hmm. So then we move, should move from there to be concerned with our participation in our potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we don't have to beg God to be God in our lives. Yeah. He's more interested in doing that than you are. Yeah. What we have to understand is our part to play. Yeah. So if we go back to Hebrews chapter 12, halfway through verse 1, it says, And let us run with perseverance. Mm-hmm. Remember that word? The race marked out before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Our participation. The pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, Mm -hmm. scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him our participation, Mm -hmm. who endured Mm -hmm. such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Mm -hmm. Our participation. Mm -hmm. We participate in the fulfillment of our potential. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. Matthew chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. I'll show you a couple places in scripture with this land's home. And this is Jesus. And he's speaking about seeds falling to soil. And those seeds falling to soil, the seeds represent his word. It is unchanging. It is true forever. The constant in our lives. It will produce fruit. Mm-hmm. Only if it finds the right soil to land in. The variable. Our hearts. Our participation. And he says this. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The Greek in there, when it says when trouble or persecution comes, it means harassment by the devil. When the devil starts harassing you because of the word of God in your life, when you start moving towards his promise for you, you start to fall away because of harassment from the enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The X factor in there is perseverance. Hmm. It says they quickly fall away. They do the opposite of persevere. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 25. Jesus says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine 
and puts them into practice. Who participates is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Then rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Our participation. Right? The word is telling us, Jesus is telling us, in this world you will find trouble. Persecution will come, but take heart. Our participation. For I have overcome the world. But we have this sociological phenomenon that is happening in our world right now. We've become so addicted to positive feedback. Right? Like, take a journey with me. We have this thing, I think it's like 2007, it comes out called Facebook. And the engineers of Facebook, the the people who are designing it, the questions they were asking were this. How can we get people here more often? And how can we get them to stay longer? That's literally how they shaped Facebook. There's no reason for anybody to like your photo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Except for Facebook designing it that way. So that when you get a like on your photo, you get a hit of positive feedback. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, there's something that gets released in your brain called dopamine. The same thing that gets released when you do other addictive behaviors in your life. Like opiates or or running or eating great food or intimacy with your spouse when you're married. Dopamine gets released. (laughs) Or maybe when you do some unhealthy things too. Like engage in pornography and stuff like that. Dopamine gets released. Pleasure centers get released. And you start going back to those things more and more often. Facebook knew this. So like we're going to get people more often and they're going to stay longer because of positive feedback. We get addicted to positive feedback. We've learned to move towards, seek out, and get our direction from positive feedback. Like that's what we move towards in life with. And that's not incorrect. Positive feedback is so good. Like you want positive feedback in your life. It's not incorrect. It's just incomplete. And I'm afraid at times we've also fit God into this box. That we've been trained only to receive love in this form. We've only been trained to receive love with positive feedback. If things are going well, then I'm in God's favor. If doors are opening for me, then God loves me. Yeah. But if things aren't going well and I'm in a time of trial, does God love me? Can I handle this type of feedback? Can I handle what what, what it's life is throwing at me right now? The harassment of the enemy of my life. Yeah. Or am I so addicted to positive feedback? I can't see what God is doing in the midst of persecution Mm. and trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I've said this so many times before, we've, we've been overdeveloped in one area and underdeveloped in another. Mm-hmm. We look like that gym rat who comes out of the gym. Yeah. He's jacked up here. Yeah. And he's got legs like this. Or legs like this. <laughs> like Arnold's body up here and my legs right here. Right? Positive feedback. The ability to stand when persecution comes. Yeah. We've worked out so much here. Yeah. We've been shaped neurologically to deal with life this way. Mm-hmm. But when stress and trial comes, we don't know how to stand. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to keep standing. Yeah. We don't know how to persevere. Right? It's because we've been trained sociologically. If it's not Facebook for you, it's definitely Instagram. 
It's not Instagram, and maybe it's Tumblr. It's not Tumblr, maybe, I don't know, whatever it is. Like seeking affirmation. My little sister's like, what's Tumblr? (laughs) Can you guys all hear me? Yeah. Trevor, back there, can you hear me, bro? Okay, cool. Grit and grace. James chapter 1, verse 2 says this. Consider it pure joy. In other words, be encouraged, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So that you can step into God's preferred future for your life. Being fully alive, full of freedom, full of hope. Let perseverance complete its work. Mm -hmm. So you can be exactly who God's called you to be, full of life, full of joy, full of love. Yeah. Perfect peace. Inherent in the word perseverance is that it's not glamorous. Right? It's ugly. I think we miss that sometimes where we get hold of this grand vision for our lives, right? And God's not going to give you something that looks ugly. Maybe to someone else it looks ugly, but to you it's actually fulfillment of your soul. Mm. So it's the most glamorous thing ever. Working for kids with you might be your dream, but for me, I'm like, I'd rather do something else, right? (laughs) So God's vision for your life is incredible. And you get this vision for it, but what comes next may not be so glamorous, right? Yeah. God's vision and preferred future for you is preceded by seasons of perseverance and preparation for the promise. Yeah. There's a lot of peas in there. <laughs> I'm going to walk slowly through this, guys, so that we can pick it up. God's vision for your life, walking into it, is preceded by seasons of perseverance. For the purpose of preparation for the promise. Yeah. You have to understand that. That if God shows you something out here, you have to know that he's going to train you yeah. to be able to carry that thing when you get it. Yeah. Right? This is the idea of working out. We gain something called resilience. This muscle that is built as we work out. It's not glamorous being in the gym in pain and sweaty and throwing up if you're like me. It's not glamorous. But I get this image in my mind of Arnold, right? Like, that's what I want. Not really, but like, (laughs) in better shape is what I want, for sure. But then I got to go through this grueling task of working out, right? Persevering through pain. So that I can find the strength to stand so that he can place big things on my shoulders and your shoulders. Because guess what? Your calling is too heavy for you to carry. Yeah. You don't want to step into that thing before it's time, before you've allowed God to do due process in your life so that you have the strength to persevere. Because if you step into it too early, that voice, that whisper, the one who's the enemy in your life will be way louder than you can handle. Yeah. It was to train you to carry what he's placed on your life. That's an encouraging word, by the way. Yeah. It's way better than you think you can handle right now. Yeah. Where you're at right now has got nothing on where you're going to be in 10 years. 
Amen. The peace in your life that you have right now is nothing compared to what you're going to have in 10 years. Amen. The joy, the prosperity, yeah. like the yeah. things that God wants to give you is nothing in, in comparison to what he wants to give you later. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's withholding. He's just preparing. Yeah. Yeah. He's processing so you can actually carry it. Yeah. Jesus was led into the wilderness by God to be tested. Mm-hmm. Testing, though, as we look at it, it seems like this big bad word, right? Like hmm. someone gives you a bad attitude or like pokes at you, like, don't test me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> don't test me. Like, like, like it's like offensive to me that you would test me. Hmm. It's offensive to me that you would even question whether or not I'm capable of doing this. But testing is not that. Testing is a proving ground. Yeah. Jesus was led to the wilderness by God to be tested to prove that he would endure under yeah. any affliction. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus says later, the prince of this world is coming, meaning the devil, Satan, is coming. But he has no hold in me. Yeah. Yeah. Through his life in ministry, it was to prove that nothing could sway him from his purpose, which was yeah. the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The testing was not to tell him that he's not good enough. The testing was to prove that nothing could sway him from his purpose. The testing of your life is to prove to you and to everyone else that you can carry what he wants to place on you. And when you work out, when you persevere, when you move through and build resilience, there's things in your life that get worked out. Mm. Yeah. We say that again. When you work out, there's things that are in your life that will sabotage your destiny. When you persevere, God uses that time to work things out of your life. The things that you rely on, the things that you rest in, the things that you find your identity in. He's saying, I'm going to use this season as you work out, as you persevere to work things out of you. Because if those things are in you, they will sway you. They will steer you. Yeah, that's right. When you work out, things get worked out. Hmm. Here's the beautiful thing about tests in God's kingdom. Is if you don't pass the test, if you fall flat on your face, it means that you have to relearn the material. Like, it's not pass or fail with God. It's pass or not yet. Hmm. Right, like failure is not final. Yeah. It's your coach. Failure is not final. It's actually your yeah. friend. Yeah. It says that you got to go back and relearn the goodness of God. You got to yeah. relearn who He go. is. You got to relearn the things that He has for your life and the ability that He's given you to withstand this thing in the future. Yeah. You have to learn how to do this. On, yeah. Failure only means that you're not ready for what He has for you. So don't count it as final. Go back and relearn. Yes. Go back and find again. God, what are you doing yeah. in this place of resistance? What are you doing in this place where I can't get anything right? What are you teaching me that I have to learn? Yes. And most definitely, he's teaching you not just about yourself, but about himself. Yeah. He wants you to know him more. Mm-hmm. Because the enemy's pursuit in your life is not to harm you. It's against the knowledge of God in your life. Yeah. So if you're not... Passing the test that is in your life right now, all you got to do is find out who he is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Go deeper into who he is. Yeah. Get more intimate with who he is. Yeah. Come on. Find out how much he loves you because the more you find out who he is, the more you'll find out who you are. Yeah. And when yeah. you find out who, who you are, no one can sway you from that. Yeah. I'm not going in that direction because I know who I am. I know yeah. how God's made me to be. And I've only found that out through seasons of perseverance, yeah. through seasons of testing. That's so good. Yeah. Failure is not final. My coach in high school, my basketball coach, would say this. Don't miss the same shot twice. Shout out to Coach Walker. <laughs> you get two free throws, right? If you don't hit the end one, you get two free throws. If you stand there and square up on the line, you shoot and you miss right. There's no way that you should miss right again. Yeah. This is the process of learning that I need to correct my life because I Right, I need to correct so I can actually have an attempt to get it in the bucket. And if I miss left this time, I know that I went too far. But I get to try again. And I get to try again. Don't miss the same shot twice. This is the process of learning. Sometimes we get frustrated because we're going through the same lesson over and over and over again in life. And we haven't learned that we can't approach it that way anymore. What does Einstein say, right? Like, do it. Is it Einstein? I don't know. Doing the same thing over and over again and producing the whatever you know. Thank God we're not on podcast right now. (laughs) Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Is that what it is? Definition of insanity. (laughs) We're having fun tonight. (laughs) Proverbs twenty-four, verse sixteen. I pray this is this encourages the hell out of you right now. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. It's not whether or not you can stand forever. It's that you're going to get back up when you fall. Failure is not final. It's your coach. That's how God defines his people. That they keep getting back up. They keep seeking his face. They keep saying yes. And they don't walk away. That's your participation in God's perfect plan for your life. That you keep on going. So the definition of grit is this. Grit is passion and perseverance for very long term goals. Grit is having stamina. Grit is sticking with your future day in and day out. Not just for a week, not just for a month, but for years. And working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's Angela Duckworth. She wrote a book called Grit. (laughs) Right to the source. And she says this, that the X factor in success, studying people have been successful, is not talent, it's not skill, it's not looks, it's not even opportunity, it's grit. That they stick it out. Even the most talented person in the world and not do anything with your life. You could be one that does not have much talent at all, but through perseverance, you make it to the top. By the way, those are the people that God has chosen. Those are the ones that would lock eyes on him and make it to the place because he did it first. Mm. Perseverance. If you feel like your life looks like failure and you can't do it right, get up again. Try again because God's got you going where he's called you to go. All he needs is your continued yes over and over and over again. There's no room for shame. Yeah, that's right. 
Shame is the work of the enemy to keep you down and yeah. keep you silent. Yeah. Yeah. Where God has called you to rise again. Yeah. His mercies are new every Amen. single Amen. day. Come on. Yeah. Your life will rise to the level of God's vision. Mm. Let me say that again. Yeah. Your life will rise to the level of God's vision for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your life will rise to the level of God's vision for it. But only through endurance. Not many amens on that one. (laughs) But we love positive feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Proving ground right here. Right, so thank you, Tony, Tony Robbins, for this incredible motivational speech. Let's just go home. No, we hit a crossroads. Yeah. In perseverance, think about a pull-up bar. You know that you go to Venice Beach and you see those bars that you grab hold on. They're like, if you can hang for one minute, we'll give you a million dollars. Everybody, all the buff guys are like, it's not a million, it's like a grand or something like that, whatever. But like, you hold on to it. And you got to stay there for a minute. And all these buff guys come and they're like, yeah, I can do this. And they last like 40 seconds, 30 seconds, 55 seconds. And rarely does anyone last a minute. Specifically because when you hold on to it, the bar shifts. They don't know that until they tried it. But this is what it's like with us, right? Yeah. We, 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 we assess the issue and we're like, we can make it through this. We can make this happen. We can we can do this. I've done this before. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And they get up there and they're like, oh, no, I didn't expect this to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we come to this crossroads of perseverance and endurance. We have to ask this question. Are we going to double down on our efforts? Are we going to try again the same way? Or are we going to lean into the free gift of God's grace? Yeah. Where he comes yeah. and places a stool underneath your feet. Yeah. Stand on that. And then you can grip. <laughs> Yeah. It's not by grit alone that you make it through life. Jesus says this, that remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Yeah. Remaining means when times get tough, you still lock eyes on me. Yeah. Remain in me and you will bear much fruit. But apart yeah. from me, you can do nothing. That's right. With grit alone, your life will be inconsequential. Do we double down on our efforts or do we lean into God's grace? Your life will rise to the level of God's vision, but only through endurance in the grace of God. You're not enduring in your own effort. You're enduring in the grace of God. Yeah. That's right. See, grace is the free gift, the means by which we are saved. If you've been in church any time, you probably know this, that you're saved by grace alone. Not by any works that you have done, but by faith in him, which gives you grace. We're saved by grace. Grace is also the means by which God is glorified in our lives. Right? Like that person, me, can't be standing here by my own strength. But because I'm standing on the grace of God, now he can be glorified. Anybody, my sister knows me that this is not by any work of my own. It's because I've leaned into God's grace in moments of failure and pain in my life. I've endured in God's grace. And if you've gotten anywhere of consequence, anywhere of profundity in the body of Christ, in His kingdom, it's because of the grace of God and His grace alone. Mm 
It's the means by which God is glorified in our life. It's also the means by which we fulfill our potential and purpose in life. Dr. Darius Daniels, God's preferred future for your life will not be your experience without your participation. And you're participating in God's economy, which is receiving grace. It's staying in the place where you can receive grace over and over and over again. The Bible says this, that the work that Jesus began in your life, he will carry it out yeah. into yeah. completion. That's right. yeah. It doesn't say that he's going to sit on the sidelines, give you a pep talk and say, work harder, do it better, go over there. It says that he's actually going to carry it out. He's yeah. going to support the weight of your calling. He's going to support the weight of your destiny. He will carry you through yeah. to completion. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to receive his grace in order for that to happen. Yeah. See, it's at the point of our pain and weakness that grace meets us. You don't need grace if you're strong. You don't need grace if you got it figured out. You don't need grace if you're relying on yourself. It's at the point of weakness and pain that grace meets you. Second Corinthians 12, 9 to 10 says this. Jesus says this to Paul. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecution, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amen. If we avoid our weaknesses, we simultaneously avoid opportunities to receive the grace of God. Yeah. Okay. Mm. If we try to get out or go around the places we're called to persevere, we will miss the grace God has prepared for us yeah. that can only be found in those places. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I should say that again, I think. If we try to avoid the places that God has called us to persevere, we're actually going to miss the grace that God has purposed yeah. for that place. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to miss Jesus. Yeah. We're going to miss the work that he wants to do in our lives. Yeah. Because we've avoided perseverance. We've avoided the ability to endure. We've avoided the opportunity of resilience. Mm -hmm. In my weakness, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am made strong. Yeah. Not in my strength. Yeah. Our weaknesses give us access to the grace of God. You don't get the promise in the pain until you got until you bow to God's purpose in the pain. Yeah. Mm. Good. Ooh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get God's promise in the pain, which means that this, if you're going through pain in your life as a result of following Jesus, he has a promise for you in it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's not a useless season. It's not a purposeless season. There's a promise in it for you. Yeah. He's not left you alone. He will never leave you alone. His promises remain faithful from yeah. beginning to end. Yeah, if you're right. in a moment in your life when you're persevering, there's a promise in it. Yeah. But you don't get the promise in the pain. Unless you bow to God's purpose in the pain. Yeah. And his purpose for you is to endure. Yeah. His purpose for you is to persevere. Mm -hmm. So the question we need to be asking is this. God, why am I here? Mm -hmm. 
What are you doing? What are you teaching me? Rather than taking life into my own hands, making my own decisions and carving my own paths. Grace catches those who fall. We know this. The grace of God is for those who fall. We're mm-hmm. broken. We're needy. But it also lifts those who bow. Yeah. Yeah. The grace of God catches those who fall, but it lifts, yeah. it exalts, it lifts yeah. up those who bow. Yeah. Right. Paul says, I will boast in my weakness. I will bow to you, God, so that you might be exalted in my weakness. Yeah. 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 So that I might be lifted to places that I could never get on my own mm-hmm. as a result of me bowing before yeah. I fall. That's right. Grace catches those who fall, but it lifts those who bow. What Paul is telling us is to stay humble, mm-hmm. stay low, and watch God lift you to places you've never imagined. Yeah. Stop trying to work yourself out of seasons that God has actually purposed for your life. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come it on. says in the word, we just read it, that perseverance, I mean, persecution comes as a result of the word of God. Yeah. That you're actually moving forward with what he's told you. You're obeying him. You're stepping into the calling of God in your life. And something stands in your way. Yeah. It's a result of you saying yes to God. Yeah. Stay humble. Stay low and watch God lift you to places you never imagined. Don't take situations into your own control. Band, you can come back up. My voice is it's good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I want to wait for the keys before I say this next one. I was just kidding. It should work. It should work. It should work. Are you good? I can't start now. I was kidding about the keys. We might as well make it happen now. (laughs) Big build up here. (laughs) Grace is a person. Yeah. That's, ah, yes. Grace is not something that you receive. It's a person. Yeah. Yeah. Grit and grace. Grit and Jesus. Mm -hmm. Locking eyes with him. What does it say in Hebrews? Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured. He did it first. Mm -hmm. The message translation says this, that if you're wavering, if you're growing weak, if you don't have what it takes, lock eyes with him and that will shoot adrenaline into your veins. Adrenaline into your souls. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There's a joy set before you, and it's called God's perfect plan for your life. Yes. He endured, scorning its shame, Mm -hmm. saying no to allowing that shame to take place in his heart, Mm -hmm. and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God where he belonged. Consider him, it says. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The way that we persevere, the way that we endure, the way that we find resilience is by locking eyes on Jesus. Yeah. 
By attaching and tethering your heart to his. Where he goes, you go. Eugene Peterson would put it this way. It's a long obedience in the same direction. Obedience means that you're following somebody. That you're locking eyes on him. I know this is the darkest day in my life. But I'm looking at Jesus and he's moving forward. Therefore, I will too. I don't want to get up today. I don't want to move forward today. I don't want to say hi to that person or forgive that person. But he did. And I love him. And that's my loyalty. And he saved my life. I must move forward. I must. If you're having a perseverance problem, an enduring problem, look to one place only. Jesus. Because Jesus is not just for inspiration. He's for impartation. When you look at him, you don't just get inspired. You get him. Yeah. Yeah. You get filled with his presence. You get filled with his person. You get filled with his courage. You get filled with his perseverance. You get filled with who he is as you look on him. It's not for inspiration. It's for impartation. Yeah. I need you, Jesus. Not to stand beside me, not to walk before me, not to be behind me, but to be in me. Yes. I want my thoughts to be your thoughts. Yeah. I want to look like you so I look, look more like myself. Yeah. That's right. You're my best friend, Jesus. Yeah. I place in loyalty and nothing else except for you. Grace is a person. We're saved by grace, by faith in Jesus. We're saved by Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Check your ah, I'm sorry. It's my screen. Let it sit for a moment. You okay with it? lock into as believers in Jesus and in times of deep distress in times when you need to persevere let us not fall into human hands to your own control let's fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is great grace of Jesus catches those who fall but it lifts up those who bow every single day I pray for you and for me that we can bow before we fall seven. We're going to finish here. But we have this treasure. 
Jesus Christ in jars of clay, us. To show that His all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Yeah. Perplexed, but not in despair. Yeah. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Right. Struck down but not destroyed. If anybody yes. in this place loves yes. Jesus, can you just worship him yes. right now? Can yes. you lift your voices and lift your hands? This is the purpose of God in your life. We are hard pressed on every side but not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. We're persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. It's the calling, the purpose, and the potential of every follower of Jesus Christ in this room and in this city. And if we can walk this out, if we can walk this out, there's no telling what God would do with your life. No telling what God would do with your family, with your future, with this city. Thanks for listening to the Church Untitled podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on our latest messages. For more about what's happening in our community, follow us on social media or visit us at churchuntitled.com.